Welcome to episode 18 of Informed Aging, a podcast about health, help, and hard decisions for older adults. I'm Robin Roundtree. I spent six years as a family caregiver, now working in the senior care industry with Senior Helpers, a company providing in-home care. With me is my co-host, Edith Gendron, Chief of Operations for the Alzheimer's and Dementia Resource Center, and a Positive Approach to Care Certified Trainer and consultant. She's also a former family caregiver and over 30 years of experience in the industry. The thoughts and opinions expressed in this podcast belong to us, not our wonderful employers and sponsors. If you want to get mad, get mad at us and not at them. And before making any significant changes in you or your person's life, please consult your own experts. We talk about quality of life a lot on this show. What does that mean? Well, we're going to dive in with April Boykin right after this message. For over 37 years, the Alzheimer's and Dementia Resource Center has served as a central Florida-based grassroots nonprofit and community resource center dedicated to providing support and hope for families and individuals caring for someone they love who is living with Alzheimer's disease or other dementia-related illness. The ADRC empowers caregivers with the knowledge, support, skill, and strategies through a variety of programs to help them confidentially prepare for the challenges that lie ahead. To learn more, visit their website at adrccares.org. That's adrccares.org. And we're back with April Boykin, a licensed clinical social worker. She's been in Central Florida for almost 30 years, I believe, in the nonprofit and healthcare industries. Co-owner of Counseling Resource Services, that's a community behavioral health agency serving adults, the elderly and disabled, and caregivers and families. So you use a lot of tools to help make people mentally feel better. We do. Absolutely. We do. <laughs> I love that. You, you're a hypnotherapist. You do EFT and NLP. We, we're going to dive into that a little bit later. But let's just talk. It's informed aging. What happens to our mental health and our psychology as we get older? You know, it's, it's one of the things that I truly believe, that aging well is not just physical, it's also emotional and mental and, and can often be a greater predictor of our success, our wellness, right, as we age than our physical health. Really? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I guess if you haven't dealt with your issues by the time you're 60, they're still hanging around, so... Well, and that's part of it, but it's so much more than that because it's also about your state of mind. People who are optimistic tend to live longer. They have a better quality of life. They don't get overwhelmed as much with health conditions or challenges that they face. They see a solution, and so they don't get stuck as easily. And that is about how you perceive the world. And optimism is a skill that's learned, right? Because it's not necessarily natural for all of us to have. It really is about a choice. Okay, because you're giving me hope because I can slide into pessimism. But you're saying for my physical health, it is better to be an optimist. Yes, but our bodies and our brains, and, and so this is social work um, basics, right? You know, a neuropsychologist would tell you something fancy. But for a social worker, what I will tell you is that our brains are wired to be protective, and that is a more pessimistic skill, right? Because if you are pessimistic, you will always be on the alert for what might 
be happening? What's bad going to happen? What puts you at risk? Right. And so you really have to rewire your brain when they talk about brain hacks. That's one of the things we, we talk about is how do you get your brain to rewire and look at things more optimistically. And so it's our nature to be a little more pessimistic, but for our wellness, we want to choose optimism. Okay, so we're getting older, which is usually when more physical issues can come into the picture. So is it, is there a guaranteed pessimism getting older or it really is up to you how you face aging? Absolutely, because you can look at pain as I'm in so much pain I can't do anything or I'm having pain today. Let me see how much I can do, right? And so it is about how you shift your focus. Oh, my pain is only at a three today, so let me be a little more engaged. Or if you give up and believe that you're stuck, right? This is where I am. It's never going to get any better. Then your body follows. And the more sedentary you are, the less, you know, the more pain you have when you do move because it's compiled on top of what already exists. Okay. All right. So as we're getting older, definitely optimism, something we need. Yes. How do we, how do we get there? How do I flip that switch? So, so let's be clear. So when we look at optimism, it's not just, um, you know, it's not just a benefit, right? It really, the research has really said, right, that it, it prolongs life. It prolongs wellness. It prolongs. It prevent. It's preventative, right? It can. It can prevent the onset of disease, um, and it also helps manage stress. Mm-hmm. So, how we begin, right, is we begin to shift our thinking. We get out of that fight or flight state of being. And we know that chronic stress response is something that Americans struggle with every single day. Yes. Right. So it's about stopping that when it happens. And in the 70s, right, we used to we used to um, have that rubber band around your wrist and you would snap it and it was supposed to help stop your negative thinking or to- really Sure. I've never heard of that. The rubber band around. Causing yourself annoying pain is going to make you feel better. And well, it was <laughs> the intention was to break state. Okay. Right. So okay. I don't ever recommend that because I don't think pain is the best way to get there, right? No. There are some much better ways to get there. But the it is about recognizing I'm having a negative thought. I'm going down that rabbit hole. I'm engaging in negativity. And it's stopping the behavior. And moving to a positive thought. And that becomes purposeful. It becomes a choice. So when you find yourself, you know, going down that rabbit hole of negative thinking, of um, obsessing about pain, of thinking about all the bad things in life, if you were to hum or sing, okay, you could break that state, right? Because you can't hold a negative thought and hum at the same time. There's a wonderful book called The Humming Effect. Huh. And you really, you can't, you can't hold do that and um, and hold a negative thought. So that gives you that opportunity to have a breath so that you can then implement change. You can implement a change in behavior. And so what I encourage people to do is to create a thought that they want to have instead. So if every time you have a negative, fearful um, thought, you change it to a positive thought, you automatically plug in a positive thought, then you're able to control it because once you shift out of the fight or flight, you can go back and think about, okay, now what does this really mean and what can I do about it? Because you're not in that automatic cycle of fight or flight. Wow. 
and then we're living longer and we're healthier just from doing some simple changes like that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, you're blowing my mind, April. I love that. Um, we also want to ask you about quality of life. It is something we always talk about with seniors. We need to talk about quality of life, but what does that mean? What do we need to do? That's coming up right after this. Senior Helpers is the only home care agency offering a revolutionary new way to approach senior care. The Life Profile Assessment. This data-based app is a crucial tool in helping seniors age safely and successfully at home. Combined with our proven in-home care programs and trained caregivers, Senior Helper's Life Profile is leading the way to better outcomes for our clients. For more information, log on to SeniorHelpers.com. And we're back talking with April Boykin, co-owner of Counseling Resource Services right here in the Central Florida area. We've already learned that we need to be more optimistic as we age. What else do we need to know with this quality of life thing? So quality of life, again, is about perception. Um, people have better quality of life when they're connected and committed to something right? So as we age, our connections and commitments sometimes change. We may have been working and our mission, our personal mission was whatever our job was, or our mission was about our family. And as those things shift, we have to find ways to reconnect and plug into new things that are important to us. So it's always important to have, you know, mission and purpose in your life. Um, And that's one of the things that I always encourage my my patients to do is find something else that really is important to you, right? Volunteer, get compassionate about something. These days, my mother is making, um, is crocheting hats and blankets for babies um, in Virginia where she lives. And I get a picture every other day of what she's completed, but that feels connected to her. So all the other wonderful things she does Right. She is also doing something that gives back to the community and keeps her with a purpose. And I think that is so important. Um, Being in home care, you know, the adult children are are worried uh, she's not eating and we've got to do the incontinence things. We've got to do all this. And that's all the basics, you know. And then they're like, well, what are you going to do for four hours? And I'm like, well, she needs to do something besides watch the game show channel all day long. We, you know, it is that quality of life. And if they're having issues doing something, then we can give them that little help, you know, to give them that sense of purpose. I don't know if you could help someone crochet, but maybe they can do that, but it's just hard to get to the store for the yarn. That's where we can come in. So is it, you were saying something, Edith, about Maslow? Maslow's hierarchy oh, Maslow. being, right. Thank right, you. Right. So what is right. that about? And it's um, just a, a philosophy, if you will, on, um, you know, the sense of love and belongingness, and you, you come to the tip of the pyramid and self-actualization. But more so what I feel we're talking about can be, I don't want to say rooted in, but has ties to something called the blue zones. And that's something good for our listeners to learn about. And April and I have talked about it a little bit before, um, especially when we talk about being connected to something. What's your purpose? Why did you get up this morning? And the important thing, I think, to remember, especially when we're working with our folks who are living in the world of dementia, is it is what is their purpose, not your concept of purpose. Yes. So it might be something as simple as sorting beans, but if she does it or your dad does it with joy and purpose and really is, is 
concentrating on it, then that's a good purpose, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but yes, but learning something new and crocheting is a fabulous thing. You can get really big wooden hooks that are easy to hold, and you can get really big yarn and a simple chain stitch. I mean, I could probably talk you through it. It's wow. that simple. But it's very important for um, our minds to learn something new. And what a great way to um, make something. Making something for children or for um, the Lakota Indian Nation, they are always looking for warm hats and mittens. Lots of opportunities to give back. Wonderful. And again, I can run into the adult children who just go on Amazon, order 10 jigsaw puzzles, and don't understand why mom's not happy. You do have to find out what each person's thing is. Well, and and really what Edith had said was it's about what they can do, not what they can't do. And every time you engage them in that, you're you're bringing them further along, back into engagement, back to connection. And so you're focused on what benefits them. So, you know, for some people, jigsaw puzzles are wonderful. And for some people, if they never had an interest in that, they're not necessarily going to get an interest now. But they might like to fold clothes, right? Right. Or they might like to, you know, plant in the garden or sit in the dirt, put your feet in the dirt. You don't have to have a product at the end. You can just be present. Absolutely. And I'm thinking of one of our, I'm going to use the word client. I don't like that word, but to differentiate from, anyway, um, she was an artist and she did beautiful watercolors. And through her voyage, through time, that ability changed. So her family, remembering she's an artist, bought a huge number, a ton, if you will, Mm -hmm. of different colored beads. And she created the prettiest bracelets and actually donated them to us and we were giving them away to people so as april said something that they're interested in but don't discount oh she can't do painting anymore but she's still an artist she still has the eye and love of color right focus on ability okay including and not just in the world of dementia on all of us you know my abilities have changed you know, um, you drop a snake and you might see me move fast, but that's about it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. So if we get into, and I'm always surprised that people are like, uh, counseling for my mom, right? But if somebody is not finding quality of life and just telling themselves all they want to do is sit around and watch TV, that may be the time to say, Dad, let's, you know, maybe you should talk to someone. Is that a sign of depression? So that's a that's a great question. And I think what's really important to know, and I'm going to pull out the statistics again, about 80% of people who suffer with depression or anxiety um, could actually be improved, right? Their, their well-being could be, even in some cases, cured for the moment, right? 100% could get better. 100% could feel better, even if it's only for a short time. And so often we look at aging and we say, oh, well, cognitive decline happens. So does depression or anxiety. And that's just not true. You don't have to sit with that and be with that. People should be depressed at some points in their life. It's a normal response, right? When, it, when we get stuck in it, whether it's a grief process or it's a health condition, When we get stuck in that, it's important to reach out and get help, right? If we we looked at our emotions like our blood pressure, every time they were off for too long, we would get some help. So it doesn't matter if they have, you know, the onset of dementia or if they have chronic depression they've had all their life. 
anytime someone begins to demonstrate those symptoms again, they can benefit. We had someone who was 107 years old referred to us. Wow. And at 107, how they wanted to spend the rest of their life was with a little bit more support. And I think that's wonderful. Yeah. So I guess counseling, especially in decades past, had a different connotation. Um, it's not doesn't mean that you're crazy or anything. It can be just a way of getting unstuck. It is a way of getting unstuck. And I think we all laugh at ourselves and we would all probably call ourselves crazy, mm-hmm. right? And and then it makes us afraid. Well, I don't want anyone else to think that, really. That's not what we do. That's not what we're there for. We're there to listen without any other conditions on it, right? We're there to fully hear your story. We're there to help you find coping skills. We're there to help you put words to things that you've felt and experienced. We're there to be an advocate for you. So it isn't about, you know, shame, right? Because we all have these issues. We've all had these life experiences that we need somebody's support for. Yeah. It's not a new thought. It's not even a new statement to say that for any major life change, one that's perceived as good or not so good, you really should at least have a little bit of, and I'm going to say licensed counseling. I, mm-hmm. You know, um, there's there's lots of folks out there that want to help, but you really, when you're talking about something this complex, you really do need someone that's you know been through that whole process of being supervised and licensed and all of that. But you know, we um, we actually recommend that all of our care partners and the, the actual dyad, the person living with the illness, that they seek some at least initially some level of counseling. Just as April said, telling your story, but also to have someone like April say, okay here are the boulders I see in the road and here's some options for getting around them, right? Love that. Here are some solutions that you may choose. You know, that's part of, part of what is done. Excellent. And Medicare will cover some counseling? So Medicare covers um, 80-20, just like all medical services, and um, secondary insurances pay the copay. Very so nice. So it's, co- it's a covered, and we... You, know, you don't need a doctor's order. Your doctor doesn't have to um, order this service. It is something that if you want it, you just call and get it set up. You don't have to be homebound. You don't have to have any of those conditions like some of the other services. Well, something easy in the medical world. Yeah. Yeah. And I think for, for some people, it might be important to know, and April, it's been a long time since I checked on this, so correct me if I'm wrong. We talk about, um, you know, everybody talks about HIPAA and all of that, and mm-hmm. we're all aware of our health information. But when we talk about something under emotional support or emotional counseling, it's even more protected. Is that that's still correct? It is. And a lot of people will, we run into this all the time, they'll say, well, my mother is my POA, but for, for mental health purposes, we still want the patient's signature, Right. Um, because it is that protected. And so we are bound by not being able to provide much information, even to our referral sources, because it is your confidential information and it is not shared. Absolutely. I know at ADRC, when we refer someone, we have a small mechanism for a little grant payment, but it is simply, you know, therapist, here is Sally Elder's name, we're done. Right. That's it. We are done. I don't know whether they've gone or we're done. 
So it's, it, I just think it's important in this day and age of Alexa and Google to, yes. to know that some things are still, still. very, very protected. <laughs> protected and sacred, right? Yes. Because that, yes. is, that you're sharing vulnerabilities and they're not going to be opened up for the world to see. Right. Very right. nice. So if they would come to you or Counseling Resource Services, um, we've got the, you mentioned energy psychology on your website. What is that? Oh, so, okay. So energy psychology is the way that we work with our body's energies oh. um, to promote our own emotional wellness. And so on there is something called EFT. It's emotional freedom technique. It's actually acupressure tapping. So just like if you went to a doctor of oriental medicine and acupuncturist, they put needles in points. Right. We can teach people to tap on those points or to hold those points in a way of getting to deeper levels of those emotions. Because when we experience emotions, we wear them on our body. We feel them in our body. And so it's learning how to access it that way. Talk therapy is not for everyone and doesn't move everything for everyone, right? right? And so it's an alternative method. It looks like you've got a lot of things in your toolbox, you know, the talk therapy and then the EFT, hypnotherapy. Yes. And then an NLP. That's neuro-linguistic programming. Um, and it is a wonderful modality that really looks at our ability to um, look at language and patterns and help people access resources they already have. Because most of us have um, times in our life when we're successful at things, but then we forget how to be that way. And so it's going back and accessing those patterns of our own or things that we know for other people and being able to integrate them into our well-being. Well, I feel better just after talking to you for a few minutes. She is in effect. Seriously, she really does. You? Not to talk about you like you're not in the right. room, but really, <laughs> April walks in and everybody goes, "Okay, we're good." We've got this. We've got this day. We're good. Right. And your calming voice. Yes. Uh, yes. I'm, I'm sure your clients are very lucky to have you. Now, if you're in the Central Florida area and looking for some help. Central, oh, sorry, Counseling Resource Services. How do we find you? So you can go online to counselingresourceservices.com or you can give us a call at 407-654-4433 and you will talk with our intake coordinator and they can either give you information or they can connect you with one of our therapists. Can someone outside of our immediate area but still in Florida, can they connect with you like via Zoom and he have sessions like that so somebody seriously who is yeah. in the panhandle or down in the keys or yes so we can do telehealth across the state of Florida and I have um, about 40 therapists we have Spanish speaking Creole speaking um, a number of other languages that are you know coming on board we can see people in person. We can see them through telehealth, or we can um, even see them in our office in Winter Garden. Very that nice. That is really good to know. And tell me again, and I apologize for not remembering, do you go into the homes upon request? We do go into private homes for our Medicare age population. Okay. Okay. I, I thought I remember you saying something we about do. that. Yes. So, great. That's very right. nice, because the telehealth for some generations is not the easiest answer. Right. Right. It's not, but I will say to you, uh, Medicare will cover in the event that someone doesn't want to do um, telehealth, but they also don't want someone in their home. We can do telephonically still. We just have to, you know, to document that it's, you know, it's about need, but we can still just do telephone 
um, counseling. Okay. That's good to know. It's good to know. Well, April Boykin with Counseling Resource Services, thank you so much for being our guest today. Thank you for having me. Thank you for letting me be here and be a part of this. Absolutely. Please make sure to subscribe to our podcast, Informed Aging. Tell your family and friends about us. If you need to email us, it's informedagingpodcast at gmail.com. Instagram and Twitter, informed underscore aging. And you can check us out at facebook.com slash informed aging. Today's episode was recorded at Digital Broadcasting's podcast studio. That's all for now. We're looking forward to our next visit.